0: Lord Jesus, we pray that you'd use what you say to us in your word this morning to help us understand your grace and live in response to it. We pray this in your name. Amen. Don't you just love it when everything works perfectly and we know what we're doing? I want to say hello to those of you in the narthex. It is great to have you out there. Glad you could join us this morning. A few months ago, I was... While I was preaching up here, I looked through the glass back there in the narthex, and I saw my wife and three kids walking across the narthex. And one of my kids, who will remain nameless for the purpose of this story, was screaming and crying and throwing this huge fit. And I'm watching this unfold as I'm preaching, (laughs) thinking, don't get distracted, and I hope no one can see that. Later on, a mother came up to my wife and said, we just want to thank you because we were dropping off our daughter at the Sunday school and she was throwing this giant fit and we noticed that your kid was throwing a fit too. And I said to my husband, look, even the pastor's kid's doing it. He felt much better. So that's us here to serve you in any way we can. Our life is an open secret, which I actually think is a good thing. We're starting a new sermon series today called We've Got Issues, because we do. And we're going to look at some of the issues that people deal with on a personal level. Things like envy, temptation, failure. And today I want to look at secrets. Most of us have some kind of secret. Those things that we're ashamed of that we don't want to tell anybody else and we don't want anyone to know about. Things like family problems or alcoholism, adultery or sexual addictions. Many of us struggle with insecurities that we try to hide and kind of pretend that we're more secure than we really are. Maybe it's a financial problem that you're hiding or some kind of failure or fear or maybe it's just something that goes on in your thought life or something from your past that you don't want anyone to know about. We keep all of these things secret because we're afraid that if people discovered them, well, then they'd reject us. And as a result, the phrase that haunts our lives is if they only knew, then they'd leave. And that's what Adam and Eve are dealing with in the passage we just read. They've just disobeyed the one commandment that God gave them and ate from the forbidden fruit, but instead of just being honest about it, they try to hide it. They hide it in the same ways that we hide our secrets. For starters, they try to cover it up with something else. They feel ashamed and for what they've done, and so they get fig leaves and they sew them together to try to cover their, their shame. And that's exactly what we do. We try to cover over all those parts of ourselves that we don't want anyone to see. I remember when I was in seminary a long time ago, I, I went to a meeting for Presbyterian clergymen. Boy, howdy, doesn't that sound like a hootenanny? I got there and I noticed that almost all of the men in the room were balding. And this was before Bruce Willis taught us that bald could be cool. And so all the men, their hair was in various stages of trying to cover up the bald, you know, the comb over thing, right? And so all of them were doing this. It sort of looked like a Presbyterian ponytail or something like that. And as a future Presbyterian clergyman, this gave me fear. Is this my future? And sure enough, every year, my part gets lower and lower (laughs) as I try to cover over all that skin up there. And that's what we do with our sins, our failures, our fears, our insecurities, our secrets. Come over them. Cover them up. Rack up a lot of achievements, make a lot of money, do a lot of good deeds, pretend that everything is great even when it isn't, to cover over those things that we don't want anyone to notice about us. We cover up rather than open up. The second way we hide our secrets is we blame other people. I just love what Adam says to God in this passage, and you laughed appropriately, God asks, have you eaten from the tree I told you not to eat from? And Adam's response is classic, right? The woman that you gave me, no, well, I didn't think it was such a good idea, but you made her anyway, your fault. She gave it to me and I ate it. And I ate it comes last, right? I mean, Adam takes his punishment just like a man. He blames it on his wife. And that's what we do. It's not my fault, you understand. My parents, they messed me up. My spouse doesn't understand my needs, and that's why I had to... We cover up and we blame others in order to hide our secrets. And the result of hiding all of those secrets, all of that hiding, all of that secret keeping, the results are devastating. For starters, we end up feeling alienation from each other. Earlier in the story, it says that Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. And what that means is they knew everything about each other and they still loved each other. Perfect intimacy. But right as soon as they sinned, they're ashamed and so they have to hold each other at arm's length because they're afraid that the other person is going to discover their secret. And that is the result of all our secret-keeping, loneliness. We never let anyone get too close because we're afraid that they might discover our secret. The second thing that happens is we feel alienation from God. Earlier in the story, before they sinned, Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with God. They walked with Him. He talked to them. But once they sinned, they felt the need to run away from Him. It's not God that runs away from them. In fact, God does the opposite. He pursues them. The first question God asks in the Bible is, Adam, where are you? And that is the question that drives the plot of the rest of the Bible. A loving God in passionate pursuit of a creation that is frantically running away from Him. And all the while God is saying, where are you? Come out from hiding. I love you. And this is what makes the God revealed in Jesus different than every other God. In every other religion, we have to get to God. But in Christianity, God comes to us even as far as becoming a human himself, so he could find us when we'd run away from him. God never backs away from us. The problem, though, is we back away from him, either because we're afraid of him or because getting close to him would mean dealing honestly with our secret, and we're not sure we want to do that. The result of all of our posturing and pretending, all of our hiding, all of our secret-keeping is alienation from God, loneliness and a whole lot of stress as we desperately try to keep up appearances so no one knows what's going on behind the masks and as a lot of doctors have shown all of that loneliness and all that stress eventually takes a toll on our physical health as well can you keep a secret yeah but it'll kill you spiritually emotionally and every other way so what's the answer how do we get out of this prison that keeping secrets puts us in? It's Pretty simple, really. You've got to tell someone. In fact, you've got to tell two someones. The first person we have to tell is God. Not because he doesn't know our secret, he does. But because we need to be honest about it with ourselves and with him. We need to own it. We need to say, Lord, I did this or I think this and I know that's not your best for me. And Lord, help me and please forgive me. And then no matter how dark or ugly or embarrassing the secret is, God forgives us, He loves us, and more than that, He respects us. Respects us so much that He wants us to partner with Him in redeeming this world. And that's the whole point of being a Christian, right? We're not perfect, we're forgiven. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. We're forgiven. And as for those fears and insecurities we try to hide, the very fact that Jesus was willing to die for us, should make us feel valuable and secure. Confess to God so you can know His forgiveness. And the second thing we have to do is tell our secret to at least one other trusted Christian friend. James 5 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. One of the most liberating spiritual experiences you can ever have is when you tell someone else your secret. Because when we confess our secrets to the right person, two things happen. First, God's grace becomes more real. It's one thing to know you're forgiven in your head. It's another to hear a human being say it to you. That person becomes Jesus with skin on to you and God's grace becomes more tangible. But the second thing that happens when we confess our secrets to each other is we're freed from them because now someone knows that secret and it doesn't have to be kept a secret anymore, which means it's lost its power. And, you know, once you've told one person, you might as well tell the whole world because everyone's a gossip or potential. It's out of your control. And that's why it's liberating. You've let it go to someone else. Psychologists tell us that what we bury controls us. We obsess about trying to keep it secret. And that attempt to keep it secret drives a lot of our behavior. What's kept in the dark grows and festers like a mushroom. But if we let it out into the light, it loses its power. The rule in my life is that everything must be known by at least one person. No one person has to know everything, but everything must be known by someone. There are no secrets in my life. There is nothing in my life that you could discover about me that I already haven't told to someone else. And that is so freeing. I mean, you could walk up and say, you know, I heard you, you did this or I heard this thing about you. And I would say, Oh that I told so-and-so about that years ago. It is so liberating. And don't worry, I don't have any dark secrets. I haven't done anything that awful. Don't go wondering. I wonder what he's talking about. (laughs) Most of my secrets I've told you in sermons anyway, so. (laughs) And the reason I can do that so easily is because I'm free from them. They don't affect me because I've given them away to someone else. Find a reliable Christian friend who can speak the grace of Jesus to you and who will keep it confidential, who won't gossip. I will go to my grave with many people's secrets having told absolutely nobody. Find someone who can do that for you. Sometimes a spouse can do that for us. Other times we need to start with a friend or a pastor. And if someone tells you their secret, handle it with care. You know, oh, gross, you did that is not helpful. (laughs) It discourages people. So don't do that. But you also don't say, oh, that's no big deal. I do that all the time. No, that that demeans that person's confession. What you say is this. I'm not going to tell anybody I love you. This does not define you. God forgives you and so do I. And furthermore, God loves you so much he's not going to leave you the way he found you. How can I help you become everything God intended you to be? And then the most important thing you can do is you stick with that person. You do not abandon them. Now, in some cases, if you're the victim of something that's destructive to you, you may need to love that person from a distance. But in most cases, the most helpful thing you can do is stay with that person and let them know you love them, you support them, and you're dedicated to helping them change. I wanted you to hear how all of this works in real life, not just in a sermon. So I asked a man from this church to write out his testimony to share with you about how God revealed, healed him of one of his secrets through opening up. And these are his words. This is what he writes. If they only knew, they'd leave me. Those few words sum up most of my adult life. From age 15, I was trapped in an addiction to pornography and was too ashamed to tell anyone. I felt certain that if anyone knew, they wouldn't have anything to do with me. My wife would leave me and my friends would abandon me. So every day I would promise myself that this would be the day I'd walk away from it all Only to fail and feel more ashamed than ever. If they only knew, they'd leave me. And it's not very far from if they only knew to if God only knew. It's hard to feel God's presence when you hold him at arm's length because of shame. I could easily accept that through Jesus God can forgive every kind of sin except mine. Finally, my secret was torn out in the open. An HR person came into my office one day at work. Apparently somebody had seen the kind of website I was looking at and had reported it, and it was clear to me that I was going to lose my job. I had to drive home and tell my wife that not only was I being fired, but that it was because of internet pornography. That day is burned into my memory, the drive home, pulling over at the side of the road and saying one of those, please God help me prayers, waiting for her to come home, and then the look of shock and anger on her face. At first, my wife wouldn't make any commitment about staying or leaving. But the simple fact that she was still considering staying was a blessing. Over time, as I opened up to her about my entire life, I think she saw the man she married reemerge after being buried under years of secrets and lies. I'll never fully understand why she didn't leave. I wouldn't have blamed her if she did. But she didn't. Part of the recovery process is making amends to people you've harmed, I had some close friends at work who deserved an explanation. One of them was a married couple that my wife and I knew. And as scary as it was to tell him, I was really afraid to tell her. We got together for dinner and they listened and asked a few questions, but the reaction was low key. Looking back, I'm not sure what I expected, screaming and throwing water glasses. The greatest miracle of all was that Jesus brought me into a group of men who struggled with the same problems and where I could be totally honest and still accepted. As I learned to tell my secrets to others, I opened up myself to God's healing as well. He met me in that pain, and in the five years since then, I've stayed clean because I meet regularly with a friend. We walk together, we talk together, we pray together, and most importantly, we are committed to having absolutely no secrets. Before I got discovered, I went to church and prayed, but it was all head and no heart. Opening my heart would have meant facing the question, can God forgive someone like me? I knew the theologically correct answer, but that's not what I needed. I needed God to be the father that he is and tell me that even though he was disappointed, he forgave me. Once I was discovered, the wall was torn down. I became emotionally vulnerable to other people and to God. I was able to pray our communal prayer of confession and truly feel the assurance of pardon. When I was tempted, I turned to Jesus in prayer, and he gave me strength that I didn't have. And when I had success, I could feel him with me, telling me I had done well. And feeling a little bit of that makes you want more. I remember tears in my eyes as I listened to the choir singing the old hymn, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. I did wander. But God was always there waiting for me. In the the end, I just followed what AA has been teaching for years, let go and let God, letting go of the secrets, let God come in and do the hard work of transforming me. That's a good testimony. And when this man told me his story, he said to me this amazing thing. He said, getting discovered was the best thing that ever happened to him because it forced his secret into the open, and that was the key to him finding healing. You don't have to wait to get caught. You can open up today. And one of the most powerful spiritual experiences we can have is if we let our secrets be known to God and at least one other trusted Christian friend. In fact, let me go further. God will always seem distant to you, and your spiritual life will always seem dry until you open up to Him and others about what's really going on inside. That's what being a Christian is about. We're free from those things. And when we confess those things, it's then that God, our loving Father, enters in and says, I love you. I forgive you. This does not define you. Now, we got some work to do. Let's get going. I think the old hymn gets it just right. At least it certainly describes me. Prone to wander? Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. But that same hymn also reminds me that Jesus sought me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God, and he, to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. So what are your secrets? It doesn't even have to be something big and huge. It it could be just something going on in your thought life or insecurity, whatever it is. What are your secrets? And how can you be honest with God and then be honest with at least one other trusted Christian friend? And together, let's become the kind of church where we can be open and honest with each other so that we look less and less like the museum, like a museum to display the victorious lifestyle and more like a rehab ward for sinners, because that's what we are. Jesus says, come. Come just as you are without one plea. Come. And though your sins be as scarlet, he will make them as white as wool, And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as snow. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this offering of your grace. Lord, help us to live in bold confidence. Help us to be honest with you and be honest with others so that we can know the power of that grace in a real way and become the people you died to make us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.